Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to a new year and a new broadcast of Amplified. It is 2022 and we are bringing it live with Kenny, my brother, my bald brother, and Andrea, Dr. Andrea, who I am interested to find out the story of how you guys met. So how are you, Andrea? Well, I'm doing really, really great. I'm so excited for 2022 and what it brings. Uh, I ended the year with a great big wonderful bang of some opportunities that are coming up for the Keep Smiling movement that I'm not able to disclose on the air with all of you guys. But with Actually, actually like Kenny, Dr. Andrea, yeah. if they send in a message with an NDA willingness, you can share it. I can. Okay, there you I go. I can. I can. If you want to do business with us and you send me an NDA, I, I, there are some things I can disclose. There but, you go. Uh, this is going to be an amazing year. Uh, Ken and I have made a dedication to reach over 10 million people this year and to um, adopt 1,000 mouths to have a bigger, beautiful smile and wow. to help over 10,000 people with mental mental health challenges, uh, to um, have the resilience and the gumption to break through whatever limiting beliefs they have, to have a more positive life and lifestyle. I wish so I'd known about all this stuff. an amazing year. You do know about all this stuff. No, but we are publishing. Our goal is to publish 1,000 inspiring stories this year, and that is a task. And it does create a task. A, it creates a system. And thank you, Dr. Andrea, for doing a wonderful job publicizing this amazing show that will be an amazing show and starting the show off right with Ken connecting this show to the world in 2022. So, well, I couldn't start it off with anything better than a, a drum roll, right? That's right. This is, this is perfect. 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 So he got up early. We want to get him on the show as soon as possible so he can get back to bed. He's only had two espressos. So we need to get him. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, we will do that. So let me get you. Let's on do a sponsor here. shout out real quick. Uh, yes. Uh, while I leave out, Kenny. leave out big events in the umbrella syndicate. Okay, go ahead. All right. So while I'm asking uh, Kenny to unmute and uh, bring his camera on, uh, let me thank our sponsors then. That is Perfect Publishing, The Umbrella Syndicate, The Red Carpet Connection, Voice America Influencers Channel. I'm actually in the office of MyMakeupLady.com, Lynn Benavides. And we want to thank... Oh, oh. Oh, I got the Keep Smiling movement and men and fashion, your shirt that you're wearing. The shirt I'm wearing. And Kenny, you're going to be impressed with this. Are you ready? I am. Southwest Airlines. Southwest wow. Airlines. Isn't that incredible? That's just incredible, man. They don't know they're our sponsor yet, but I'm putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered. I was like, wondering, wow. thank you for the surprise. <laughs> I was so excited about that. Actually, I'm going oh. to go one, one more. I'm not, not, not bigger, just one more. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A and Southwest are the sponsors of Amplified. I mean, that's well, making a statement. They can, they can refute it if they wish, but we believe they are good. 
<laughs> well, I love it. So with that drum roll, I want to announce that we do have Kenny Aronoff with us today. He is so much fun, such charisma. So, you know, if you ask, what do John Cougar Mellencamp, Sir Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, the Rolling Stones, Lady Gaga, Bruno Marsting, Bob Dylan, Fogarty, Bruce Springsteen, Johnny Cash. Um, if I name any more, I think the show would be over if we listed them all. What do they all have? in common they have all performed with kenny aronoff as their drummer who is keeping the beat and keeping things either in the studio or on the road in form because we all know when they've got the drums everything comes together and makes it amazing he has been an amazing man he's done so much from um as an early age watching you know the beatles perform on the ed sullivan show and saying i want to be that i want to be this drummer be this man he's done so uh, many amazing things in his his lifetime achievement and he still has so much more life to give he's got some great things coming up in the world he has a new book out uh kenny let's talk about it more while you're on the air with us kenny aronoff standing ovation to you oh, i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna stand i want to stay seated but i do have the utmost respect and kenny all your years with letterman phenomenal love the fact that you were able to be on the night show with Letter letterman all those years that was that was incredible. Uh, I did about like I think seventy five performances. But the cool Amazing. part was when I I got to be the drummer on the show for a week, subbing for Anton Fig when he couldn't do it. That's a, that was incredible. Amazing. So I normally go into like a format, and I want to say a couple things. When we talked the other day, we hit it off, and we had a conversation that should have been aired on the show. So I want to say. You said something very magical. You said, we need two hours. And I think we actually need four hours. So with that said, with that said, Kenny, I would like for you to come back to me every two or three minutes just to make sure we're getting as much as we possibly can in this hour. Sure. Because you, one, you have a great haircut. Two, I mean, beautiful eyes. I mean, those eyes are huge black eyes. <laughs> I wanted to, be, I, at, I, it's eight o'clock. I'm usually sleeping, so I made sure I got the biggest glasses to cover my t eyes. I don't usually do this, but there they are. <laughs> oh well, thank you very much, Ken. That was beautiful. So I, I have a question that's unorthodox. And, and looks longer, though. They can glimpse into them longer on the replay. So, Kenny, I have an unorthodox question for you. Because yeah. okay. normally I ask, how did it all begin and all that stuff? But I'm going to go directly to a weird question. Do you know, by any chance, an author, Malcolm Gladwell? Absolutely. You've read three of his books. He's, he's amazing, right? He's amazing. So one of the things he says is that we aren't born with the DNA to be the great drummer. We have to practice. Absolutely. My son is becoming, becoming a pianist, and I told him 20 minutes doesn't cut it if you want to actually do well. So would you share with the audience before we even start this interview, how many hours a day you practice back in the day as a kid when you started and how many you practice now? Well, back in the day, I mean, the day I graduated high school, I started practicing eight hours a day, seven days a week, and I even logged it. And some of it was uh, for fear that I was going to really suck when I was going to music school. Now, I'm so old that back then they didn't have the School of Rock, so I had to make a decision, be a classical major or a jazz major. And so you're not so old that they didn't have classical? I thought you were older than even classical. Well, I, I'm no... 
I'm 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 young in that realm. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like I was like hanging out with Mozart. Although I heard that would have been a lot of fun, uh, and you know, or Beethoven. But the thing is, so I I had just started getting into classical music because the the percussionist from the Boston Symphony Orchestra uh, was they they had the, the the Boston Symphony Orchestra had their summer festival three miles from my house. Some kid in my small little town, three thousand people I grew up in in New England was studying with him, so I thought, well, I'll do that. And he kicked my ass. Anyway, he gave me enough facility on mallets like marimba. Well, not marimba, it was vibes, timpani, reading, snare drum. Uh, I, I felt like I was going to be behind, and I was, uh, because in high school I had nothing to do with the marching band or the concert band. I was a three-letterman jock by the time I was a sophomore in high school. What do you letter in? Uh, I lettered in lacrosse. I was one of the highest-scoring attackmen in Western Mass in high school and I was a downhill skier and soccer. And uh, so, I mean, which taught me massive discipline, which I've then applied to everything in my life. But practicing- Where, where did you learn the discipline period? Where I learned discipline was probably in my junior year in high school. Uh, I was terrified of, I wasn't a great student because I was into music, chicks and music and chicks. And music and chicks. So, uh, <laughs> so I mean, I was just a normal kid in that regard. But the chemistry scared me so much that I decided I have to uh, approach studying differently than I had up to that point. And I was getting mostly like B's and C's. So I decided, okay, this I'm going to I'm not going to move, go from one page to the next without really knowing what's on that page. Not just look at it, but really know it. And it was a slow process. And all of a sudden, I get an A in my first quiz, which really excited me. And, and then I got an A in my next quiz. And this teacher was teaching me how to study. Who was the teacher? His name was Paul Gibbons. And he's what do you, still what do you teach? It was in Great Barrington, Mass. And it was like a, a, I went to Monument Mountain Regional High School, which was, you know, a regional high school. It was, it was really cool. Are you still and, in touch with him? I I did email him last year, and I really should email him right now because he's still he's still alive, and I thank him for that because I ended up getting an A in chemistry. Then I got an A in physics, which he taught. The whole point was it it made me feel so proud of myself. It made me feel so good from a, a mental intellectual uh, area that uh, it kind of well rounded me because I was already feeling good playing music, rock and roll. I was playing in clubs when I was thirteen. And I was, I was already, you know, I was popular. So I emotionally was feeling good. I was uh, physically feeling good because I was an athlete. And spiritually, I just always have felt good. But the, and this is at what age? This is age 18. Well, at age six, 17. 17, right? Chemistry. Yeah. You know, yeah. your, your junior. So now all, all the pieces were in place. And by the time I graduated high school, I was getting straight A's. So and and imagine, what was the teacher's name again? Paul Gibbons. So can I, t can I interject something real, real quick? Yeah. Is it okay? Cool. Absolutely. So um, that teacher, Mr. Gibbons, in a way taught you that there's a formula to, to everything. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. I so, I, so I took, I took that, that, um, that was an emotional and intellectual experience for me, which then I have applied moving forward because in college, Sure enough, I was way behind in 
classical music, you know, following conductors, sight singing, piano, uh, music theory, music literature, uh, music history, uh, all this stuff, you know, they would, you know, you'd have a test and they'd drop a needle and you had to just be able to tell them which one of the 39 Mozart, uh, you know, symphonies, you know, was uh, was he playing in which movement, in what key? I had no clue about stuff like that. So anyway, I, I, I was practicing till one or two in the morning every night when I was in college until they would throw me out of the building, trying to catch up on marimba, timpani, reading, 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 practicing technique. And after one year at UMass, I spent four years at the number one school of music in the country, Indiana University School of Music, Bloomington. And uh, it's a long story how I got there. But in one year, I made my way to that school, auditioned, demanding an audition, got in, and I continued that. Yeah, because you were late. You were, were you late for it? Well, it, it, the top three schools of music, in classical music, Indiana University still is, then Juilliard in New York, then Eastman. University of Massachusetts was five hours from Eastman. I demanded my dad to take me to Eastman to audition so I could be in one of the top three schools. I got in, but there was no room for me. They only have 14 percussionists there so that they all are always busy. They, they had no room for me. I was pretty upset about that, but there was this hot cellist at UMass, and, and I asked her, hey, what are you doing this summer? She said, I'm going to Aspen. I went, what's Aspen? She says, Aspen is an elite music program you have to audition for, run by Juilliard. So I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go to Aspen. Now I'll connect with Juilliard, and she's going there, too. And I thought, that'd be cool. We'll have a great summer. Last day of school, I still have not heard from them. I auditioned on four different instruments, timpani, mallets, a snare drum, and multiple percussion, a tape, and I sent it. The last day of school, I'm leaving, and I forgot my mail, and I went back to get it. And sure enough, I got accepted to Aspen, but I had to be there in two weeks, which in my mind was I must have been a an alternate. I get there, and I'm telling you, I was by far the worst percussionist there. These kids had been studying classical music since they were eight years old, and I got my ass crushed by conductors yelling at me, uh, you know, embarrassing moments. But the teacher who taught there was head of the department at Indiana University. And I demanded to go audition for him that summer to go there. And he said, come back in January. And I said, no, I want to audition now. He said, no, just come back in January. I said, no, I'm going to Indiana University. I'm going to audition here. And he said, well, Okay. He said, do we have to find, to get into Indiana, you have to audition to four different departments. And it just so happened that it, there were in, uh, instructors from Indiana University in brass, woodwinds, vocals, and percussion. Teaching at Aspen, I audition, and I get in. So in one year, I made the transition from an okay school to the number one school in music. And it was by perseverance, and I and started to... If I look back, I'm a fight or fight guy. I'm not a fight or flight guy. I, I when, Once I want something, it's all fight. There is no defense. It's all offense. And I, I didn't know that about me really at that point. I didn't observe myself. But that's... that's so what, what caused that? I th Well, I think that's... I think you're born that way to a certain you, extent. You think so? I mean, your parents didn't teach that? Your dad? 
But, well, let, let's just put it this way. My dad, my grandfather, he fought his way out of Russia. I mean, literally, to save his life. He was, uh, they were uh, living in very poor family, and somebody, some soldier or military person beat up my great-grandma, and my grandfather threatened to kill him. And once they heard that, they knew that he was a dead man. They put him on a boat as a little kid, came to Ellis Island. That's my grandfather, my dad's dad. Mm. My dad was, these are very nice uh, people, very, very, really nice people. Tough, but very nice. My dad was extremely disciplined. He got that from his, his dad. My dad was like, flew the last 13 missions in World War II as a navigator in the big bombers that took out Hitler. And, and then he came home and did what we, I call the American dream. You get an education, you raise a family, you teach your kids discipline, you teach your kids values, then those kids go to college and become self-sufficient. They take care of themselves. They don't, they completely self-sufficient, then they raise a family. And that's exactly what was passed down to me. You know, my kid is, you know, a, a therapist and, uh, you know, t- can support himself, which is, I think, what America is all about, is being mm-hmm. able to, you know, you have the opportunity here to be self-sufficient. And I believe that working hard gives you a sense of, of uh, you know, feeling great as a person. Uh, you're not dependent on the government or anybody for help. You're doing your job in society. and you Can, can, I, interject, uh, can I interject Mark Twain? The harder yeah. I work, the harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> Funny is that, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey, I want to ask you. I want to ask you a, a one-word question, and then I want to ask Andrea how you, you guys met. Okay, so here we go. One-word question. Whiplash. Whiplash is an example of massive discipline coming from a, an instructor. I had instructors that were close. That nobody ever threw anything at me, but I definitely had. I had teachers that would make people cry. I had teachers that one, I saw one student almost have a nervous breakdown because he demanded so much from that student. And you know what? I think that's amazing. Um, All my athletic coaches were like that. There was no handholding. You saw in my book, I don't believe in trophies for everybody. I think you have to earn the trophy. I feel like if you get an F in a, in a, in a classroom for work you did, most likely you deserve an F. And that's just that simple. So, I mean, you earn what you get. So let me be very clear and honest with my audience. I just got this book in Virginia. Thanks to my wonderful publicist. She purchased it at Barnes and Noble. I had to drive about an hour to get it. I have reviewed it. So don't quiz me. But my point is I'm reading it this month, Kenny, because it's such a phenomenal book. Everything I've read in there has blown me away. So I don't like getting on shows where I haven't read the book in entirety. And I also don't like being on other people's shows where they haven't read the book to know what to ask. So I just want to say, I have plenty of questions. We're going to go through this hour like that, but I'm, I'm very grateful <clears throat> that you're on the show to kick off this year. And it's not because you're bald, which is a phenomenal haircut. It's not because your name's Kenny It's because your attitude. It's because you are going to conquer what you desire to conquer. Oh, yeah. So I want to turn it over to Dr. Andrea for a second. And what is it that caused this present to happen? How did this all, how did this come about? 
Well, it's quite fun. I happen to be in a mastermind, and this mastermind is called Unblinded Mastery. It's run by Sean Callagy, and uh, Sean Callagy uh, is this a wonderful man who's been able to really teach people a formula on how to do business and how to get in good graces with people and to make magic happen. And uh, and being coming friends with him and being in this group, I. Um, also are with some other friends of ours, Ken, uh, mm-hmm. Chad Warren and Maria Simone are in this unblinded group as well. And we're friends from outside of this. I've known them. I think I've known them since like 2008. And they are the ones who knew Kenny and had invited him to in- introduce him to Sean. And I didn't know it the night that I met Kenny. Um, I thought Kenny was just being introduced and featured as a guest. And what I didn't know is that Kenny and I are actually in the elite mastermind together. So we're peers in this mastermind, which is so fun. And it gives us an opportunity to do business at a different level with each other. I happened to just reach out to him on the chat and thanked him for being present and then reached out to him through social media and he instantly responded. I said, can I call you? We got on the phone and, and it just hit it off. And I, I mean, I, I'm ready to also be bald and hang out with you guys because you're so much fun, both of you. Well, Kenny, the, the real reason I'm excited you're on the show is because you're a difference maker. You have a message. You belong on stages. You could change the life of people when they hear your message of fight or fight, but more importantly, don't give up. And that's what our hope book is about. And I'm excited that you're going to be added to all these amazing names in here because of what you're sharing. And um, man, Neil Pert, come on, free. Neil Pert. So I, I, we had a great conversation the other day about how I love Rush, but I'm a DJ. I've, I've, I grew up in rock and roll music. And to see the pages of all the people you've met and known, you have actually lived life where you could do a movie about you, not just a book. It's been yeah. talked about. Uh, well, and uh, TV shows and documentaries, and it hasn't happened yet, but it's been talked about for the same reason, because... Uh, you know, I've touched on usually the drummer who, you know, plays with Johnny Cash, William Nelson, Chris Christopherson, Waylon Jennings, isn't that guy who ends up on the Smashing Pumpkins tour when they were the biggest alternative band in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't usually even get called for an audition. Because uh, the listeners are listening, usually you get pigeonholed. Oh, he's a country drummer. He's a rock drummer. Oh, he's a hard rock drummer. Oh, he's an alternative rock drummer. And then the same guy doesn't usually end up... Can you talk about the distinction real quick? Because when you throw that out, you're assuming that people like myself understand the distinction of what it would be to be those different ones. Because that's like personality types. So if you could talk about what it is that would well, make yeah, that difference. exactly. I mean, the perfect example is I did Kennedy Center Honors once. The first one I did, and I was the drummer uh, in this elite group of musicians that had to uh, honor the, the who. So we're playing, I'm playing with Dave Grohl, uh, Chris Cornell, uh, Rob Thomas, and four others. I can't even remember the others. But that same show, I was the drummer that in that band that honored uh, um, George Jones. And so I was telling Dave Grohl, I thought he'd be interested in this. I said, watch how I play with Keith Moon. You're beating the crap out of the drums. You're on top of the beat. You're like, you know, like you're almost taking a drum solo. You're slamming the drums as hard as you can. But playing country music, 
traditional country music, like for to honor George Jones, you don't slam the bass drum beater into the bass drum head. You come off the head. You play lighter. Snare drum. You don't hit rim shots like I do. You hit the center of the drum. And the hi-hat, you play very lightly, not this bashing and crashing. And you're basically a timekeeper. And you let the bass guitar be louder than the kick drum. The kick drum is just giving kind of support. And the hi-hat is a timekeeper. It's not loud. You're just there in the background keeping everybody in time and keeping the groove going. Complete different styles. Huge dichotomy in, in styles. You literally, I look at myself as an actor in a movie. Each one of those styles is a different movie and i am great at adapting to different styles not only technically but emotionally and that's what i'm great at and dave gold sat there and watched the rehearsal and went he went i had no idea because <laughs> dave gold all he has to do is be dave Grohl. doesn't matter he can play in any band he's dave Grohl. he you know and that's that's the only way he should be because he's well, dave Grohl. i have two analogies to throw at you and we have about two minutes till break. So just quick reactions, and we're going to dig deeper later, okay? So reaction one, you're the hardest hitter drummer, which to me, you're also the hardest worker, which is like the James Brown of drummers. To me, that is a compliment to you, right? Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And so how many hours do you actually work on these shows? Because you said you had this huge oh. show, and you get ready for them. Oh, those shows, it's, it's, it's full on. I mean, I, 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 I start at 10 in the morning. There's only two days or two and a half days, 10 in the morning, and I stop at three in the morning because I write everything out. Then they bring charts in. I rewrite what they're doing. Then we rehearse. Then we by ourselves. Then we bring the artists. And at night, I rewrite everything again to get ready for the next day. That's so awesome. And uh, here's one for you. Who is your favorite a band or musician group that you've played for? Whoa. I don't know where to begin. Sting, the Beatles, the Stones, Elton John, Lady Gaga. Okay. Um, so that's the long list. So what do you, who do you think is the greatest group that you have seen? Well, uh, I mean, Hendrix, I saw went in his, in the peak. That was like, Oh my God. Uh, I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. So that, and I recorded with the Stones. Traveling Wilburys. Oh what do you think? God, that, yeah, phenomenal. 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 And the Highwaymen. I mean, I played with the Highwaymen. They asked me to go on tour. I couldn't do it. I tell, the, tell our audience who the Highwaymen are. The Highwaymen is Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, Waylon Jennings. And their manager called me up and said they want you to go on tour with them, which is huge. These guys, if they don't let you in very easy, that means they like me as a person. And they want me playing. I said, I said, I'll call you back tomorrow. I called him back and said, I, I, I'm, I, I can't do it. I'm still with Mellencamp. And they went, let me get this right. You're going to turn down Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, and Chris Christopherson to stay with Mellencamp. And I went, yeah, I wasn't ready to leave. So that's how that conversation went. Well, that's the integrity of what he brought you and the integrity yeah, of what you brought him. What so we're going to we're going to rock it out with uh, a nice little sponsorship uh, shout out and we'll be right back. Andrea. 
Yeah, and I do want to get a little give a little love to Chad Warren and uh, Maria Simone. Uh, they have Operations Impact, which I just saw a cameo clip of, and Ken Rashawn made the, the the cameo at the American Foundation for the Blind. Uh, so that was a super fun thing. It's a TV reality show uh, featuring how they help nonprofits do transformation, and they have also have um, uh, Zen Moose uh, Capital as well that helps fund things through the media. And we want to thank. Thank the uh, Perfect Publishing, the Red Carpet Connection, the Umbrella Syndicate, Voice America Influencers Channel, Men Fashion, and MyMakeupLady.com. And we will back, be back more with Kenny Aronoff after these messages. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Well, 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 a great first segment with Kenny, and we are going into a great second segment because he is going to actually do a drum solo. Are you ready, Kenny? Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kenny, you have a brother, right? I have an identical twin brother who's also bald like you and me. And so we're basically triplets? Basically. (laughs) And he plays, doesn't he? he? Well, we were in a band together for years ago, uh, and then he decided he wanted to be a psychoanalyst. So much of an easy drive over there, right? Just a quick, <laughs> quick little step over from the drums <laughs> to the psychoanalyst. Well, he played keyboards. 
he oh. played keyboards. And I, I, in the book, he mentioned, I didn't even know this, but he, he saw how insanely passionate I was about playing drums. And he went, oh, my God, I'm not into it like that. And he realized there are going to be other people like me, which there are not. But uh, he thought there might be other people like me. That, and he went, nah, I don't think I'm, how am I going to compete with, in this uh, arena with guys like Kenny? Wow. So you are going on a, a, a big tours, obviously, all the time. But what does 2022 look like you, for you? Uh, Joe Satriani tour, John Fogarty tour. I'm doing this extraordinary super group with the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Irsay, who displays his huge music collection that he's collected over the years, like Ringo Starr's kit from, uh, you know, the uh, you know Ed Sullivan show, a, a Gilmore's guitar that he bought for gazillions of dollars. And he's got the super group like with Kenny Wayne Shepherd, somebody from Mellencamp, somebody from REM, uh, and, and on and on. And so there's that. But then I've got speaking events, two in, in January already, recording sessions in my studio, Uncommon Studios LA, and in Chicago I've got one. And uh, I'm uh, <laughs> there's so many other things I got. Well, enjoy. the reason I asked is I wanted Andre to hear that these are opportunities for us to photograph you. Obviously, opportunities for you to photograph for the key smiling, but mostly it's about having all these amazing people that have caused smiles in the world, brought positive energy, shown that anything is possible. And I want us to figure out how Southwest or someone becomes a sponsor. We can fly in, support you for hours and fly out, but be there just to let the world know what you're doing because you have the gospel, you have your channel and you, whenever you show up, people see it, but the people that don't see it are the people that are connected to potentially us and all the people that we're going to bring. So impact for a movie changes when, Oh, um, it's Roger Steiger. Okay. So here's the other analogy I wanted to say to you before we ran out of time last time, you are kind of like the Kevin Bacon of drumming. Because you have met, because of your diversity, so many different people. And Kevin Bacon is not actually the best. It was Rod, Rod Steiger. Rod Steiger, mm-hmm. back in the 60s or 50s, he played with everyone. He, his acting career was so phenomenally diverse mm-hmm. that he was number one on the Malcolm Gladwell chart of how much he could actually show up and impact the world. In other words, if you only like country, you only can get into the country exactly. space. But if you like everything and you're committed to actually making an impact in everything, you actually show up as a Gandhi or as a future president or as a future speaker that changes the world, right? So I wanted to have a live conversation with you because I was so moved by what you shared with me a couple of days ago before we got on the show of what you're up to. And I said, my gosh, this is the first time I've been given a present. Like it's really in my hands to help generate the amplification, the amplification, which is our show of goodness, because Mm -hmm. you connect to goodness because you are goodness. You're committed. You're committed to making people happy. Oh, and that that comes natural to me. That was, I, I, I I was born that way. I get Mm -hmm. it. I get it. But this is the first time on the air. I am going to go uh, see Kenny in Chicago. So we've, I've already made a commitment to do that so that I can be there and get his picture. And, and we were in conversations on what else can happen. Yeah. yeah, So the key smiling movement has never done this before. Kenny, what I'm, what I'm saying on the air right now is quite unique. I am asking and saying, we would like to help be one of the ingredients that causes your book, phenomenal book, 
to become a documentary because so many people are asking for the story to be told in film, not just a book. Do you hear me? I absolutely do hear you. And that has been said before and has not, it was starting to get executed, but never got to the, the final stages. And I think well, we have, I think we have the weapons, the guns, the marketing, the publicity, yeah. all the things you actually need. see someone wanting something and someone even taking action on wanting something that's different than actually knowing, knowing how to take social proof and turn it into a demand item that people want to eat and see and experience. I'm, look, it's real simple. I tell people this, if you do nothing, you get nothing. I'm telling you, if you do nothing, you get nothing. It's like math, zero equals mm-hmm. zero. And I don't care. I grew up in a small town of 3,000 people. There was no role model. There was no mentor. There was no book, How to Be a Rock Star. Think about it. I'm living in this little town going, I want to be a rock star after I saw the Beatles on TV at 10 years old. I didn't know what to do. Who do you ask? I asked my mom to call the Beatles up and get me in the bed. I mean, that that was never going to happen. My point is, my point is, it it, it it's not you're not just gifted with success. You have to make success one step at a time, one step at a time. And you could have 10 years of waiting to get where you want to go. But if you do nothing, you don't guaranteed you won't make it. And if you're waiting for shit to land in your lap, I'm the mofo is going to take it because I'm going after it. All the time, 24-7. I'm going after it. That's how you make it. There are no shortcuts. Nobody's born successful. Nobody. You know, Elon Musk wasn't born successful. He was a baby. The men that that, that made America, Rockefeller, Ford, uh, you know, Carnegie Mellon. Talk about Rockefeller for a second. I mean, uh, uh, no, Norman Rockwell. Talk about Norman Rockwell real quick. Oh, no. So I grew up in this very unique town of 2000, where we had people like Norman Rockwell, one of the, America's biggest illustrators. Uh, you know, uh, Norman Mailer lived just down the street. Uh, Arthur Penn, the director of Bonnie and Clyde and, and some other big movies, uh, a little big man. Uh, 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 Bill Gibson lived right down the street from him who wrote The Milk Worker. Mm-hmm. My town, uh, Sigmund Freud's protege. I could go on and on. In what city is that? This is Stockbridge. Massachusetts is where Alice's restaurant occurred. Yeah, it, it's a slice of New York City in the mountains of Western Mass. People would move up there to get away from the city or have second homes. Actually, uh, can, I, can I interject something about the zeros you were talking about? The zeros thing. So you were in a town with almost no zeros because everyone there was actually contributing and making big things happen. So the variable of you being connected to any of them caused you to be a bigger variable. My point is, I wrote a book about the defeatist attitude. And when people say they don't have time, they don't have money, or they just have a shitty attitude, or they have a shitty uh, outlook on how they're going to put the variable together. For instance, I'm a DJ. I told you I was a DJ for a long time. If you have phenomenal speakers, phenomenal computers, music, everything, but you have the worst amp in the world, I mean, if you have an amp that just cuts out, you have a zero show. Absolutely. I get that. I get that. But that's you have to learn. That's part of your learning, uh, your learning curve. You have to understand, oh, my God, you know, I I don't believe in mistakes or failures. Absolutely not. Anybody who says I failed, I go, no, I slap him in the arm. I I told the seven times best selling Author, I, he was saying, oh, yeah, I've made mistakes. Even his head went down. I went, no, you haven't. Those are just events that got you to this dinner with me. I mean, 
They're just events. Because when you say I failed or I suck, it's a negative feeling when you say you're just events. What do you think Tom Brady thinks when he gets intercepted? He doesn't go, oh, man, no. He's very clear that I can't think that way. I have to think about my next play, end zone, end zone, end zone, touchdowns. That's I learned that eventually. And once I saw that, you'll never hear failure or mistakes. They're just events that are going to help me get better. So, yeah, if the amplifier is broken, yeah, you just learn that, oh, that can can make it impossible for me to do what I want to do, even though I got everything else in, in place. It's all about learning. And I have a phrase. It goes like this. I'll never be as great as I want to be, but I'm willing to spend the rest of my life trying to be as great as I can be. It's just like a running back in football. They spend their whole career trying to get in the end zone. Their whole career. They may break their leg one year. They don't sit there and cry. And go. No, they have thinking, okay, what do I do now to get back on the field, to get the ball, to get a touchdown? It's, I mean, it's that simple. It's, it's constantly moving forward. And, I'll, and I talk about this when I speak. What, you, what fuels that is purpose, is living your life from your deepest desires, your passion, your truth, your purpose in life. If you operate from what you really are, who you really are, Nobody can argue with who you are. Nobody can sit there and say, oh, you don't feel that way. No, i damn right. I feel this way. This is who I am. When you operate from that place, you'll be unstoppable, undeniable. And most important, you will be authentic. You are you. Who can sit there and say, you're not you. You're not that guy. Yes, I am. I'm that guy. You're looking right at me. And I feel this way. As a matter of fact, Get the F out of my face. <laughs> so, Kenny, what's the call that would uh, get you going? Like if someone called you and said, we need you to be a drummer for this and we have an emergency and it's the biggest call of your life. What would that look like? What would that, who would be the person calling you? Paul McCartney, Sting. Um, Bono? Well, if, Bono, absolutely. Elton John. Well, I turned down Elton John. I turned down a tour with him also. <laughs> hey, shh. We're not going to let him hear that. No, yeah. he doesn't. So well, I wanna, you know, I, well, they know that you turn them down of integrity to the person that you're already working with. It's yeah, because you already had yeah, conflicts. I, it wasn't like you didn't want to. <laughs> you just no, no. <laughs> you're right. I mean, I was at, I was I was doing a sellout show with Mel Camp at the Forum in L.A. and Bernie Top and uh, you know Elton John's you know partner came up and said, "I cannot believe you turned down Elton John," and I said, "Me either." But I said, look, come here, come here, come here, come here. I walked him into this arena, 360 degrees, just us all sold out, 20,000 people. Everyone's up there partying and dancing, getting ready for us to go on stage. I said, you see all those people? When I walk on stage with John Mellencamp, I'm Keith Richards. They all know who I am. I played all the beats to these songs. I recorded these songs. When I do the big drum solo in Jack and Diane, they're all up there air drumming with me. It's not like I'm a side man. I says, why are you here tonight to see John Mellencamp? I said, it's not an easy thing for me to walk away from. I'm like a member of this band. Mm. I'm not a side guy. I am the face of this band. We're one of the faces. So that's, that's why awesome. I turned I love that. that. Uh, there's a, a there's a failure quote I want to th interject in the show. It's uh, Mickey Rooney. Uh, he says, "You always pass failure on your way to success." 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, that you know, you know. Oh, um, Ken, I wanted to uh, let Kenny know that we, I believe, you guys know each other, Rich Redman. He was oh, country true. drummer of the yeah, year, yeah. 2017. He's been on Amplified with us. He was on January of 2018, I believe. Cool. And, cool. and he said, he said uh, he's not going to be on the show unless you were going to be on the show in a couple years later. So we, we said we promise. <laughs> ah, he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rich is a cool dude. He's like you, though. He's, he's a person that cares about impact. He's, he's creating programs, education. And going well beyond the drum, but he uses the drum as the instrument that causes people to understand discipline. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, once you learn discipline in one thing, like I did it in, in, in getting A's in chemistry and physics, uh, there's no question. Once I figured out the formula, it's real simple. It's one step at a time, one page at a time, and, and giving due diligence and focus at everything you're doing. I am the most prepared. Here, I'll show you. So when I do a recording session, and I do, I do so much, I've recorded as many 30 songs in one week, and then I'm off to do Kings of Chaos. Then I'm off to do this band. Then I'm off to do that thing. I write every single note out. Hmm. That's how I prepare. And once, like I have like six songs I have to record coming up, I will write every note out. I will practice it very quickly. Then when I go in, I'm, I can perform note for note what somebody sent me. And then from there, I can then be creative and add different things. I'm, I'm Tom Brady. Tom Brady, before he walks on the field, is mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually so prepared. But then when he gets to the line and the ball is hiked, I call that adapt or die. He doesn't know what the defense is going to do. They're trying to fake him out. He understands the, the, the takeaways. He understands that life, no matter how you prepare for it, will throw you things that you're not expecting. And so you have to adapt. Die might be a little extreme, but and maybe in football it's possible. But Well, when you, when you lose what you love, you're dying. So, I mean, it, it's, it's actually it's appropriate. I do want to ask you a question about you. Two questions about your book. So, what is your favorite chapter? I mean, this is a very big book, and there's a lot of meat to it. And I'm going to enjoy it for the next couple of weeks. What is your favorite chapter you wrote in this book? Oh my God, uh, I, I I just don't know. I mean, it's seeing the Beatles. Uh, uh, at the end, I talk about my uncle Nat and the big message he. I think it's in that book. Uh, I definitely do it in my speech. About, you know, this is a guy that's uh, doing, my Uncle Nat was a gold gloves boxer, fighter pilot, self-made millionaire, had boats and planes. I'm 11 years old. He's in my, uh, in my, my, uh, my bedroom doing, you know, we had the big farmhouse I grew up in. And he's doing one-handed push-ups, smoking a cigar, a glass of scotch on the floor. And he looks at me as I walk on. I'm in shock. He says, hey, kid, you know what the most important thing in life is? And I'm like, oh, shit. I want to say the right thing. I, I see a gold watch. I go, money, right? He stands up and go, hits me in the arm, goes, no, stupid. Time is the most important thing in life. Time. I'm thinking, time? I'm going, time to go to school, time to do homework? And then I went, oh, later on, I went, oh, he knew I wanted to be a drummer. Time. That is important. He's right. And then, of course, years later, when I got older, I realized time. We only have that much time in life. We have time is short. So he said, basically, he was saying, figure out what you want to do, kid, and go after it. 
time is the most valuable thing. So to me, that was like, wow. In the book, so, that means a lot to me. I believe that's in there. Uh, and I, well, I have it, one for you that I want to say hit my heart a little bit. It was, uh, it was chapter 36 because you had, uh, you titled it after our name, uh, Chick Ken Foot. So that was beautiful chicken foot, how you made the Ken in the middle there, Chick Ken Foot. <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> oh yeah. you want to oh i just chicken? realized kenny's going to be in your connection book for keep smiling yes so you'll be in a bald book you'll be in the music book you'll be where you live book you're going to be like in six or seven different books but that's that that's pretty <laughs> typical of me it's like you know i'm the most viewed guy in access tv because I do all those shows, the Johnny Cash tribute, the, you know, the, the uh, Greg Allman tribute, the, uh, which reminds me, I got to call up Devin Allman because he wants me to do his record. And then, I mean, it just goes on and on. Uh, you know, uh, Chicken Foot, all these concerts, and there I am, the same. Well, talk about Chicken Foot real quick. Well, Chicken Foot was one of the greatest groups I've ever played with because I felt like I was in Van Halen and Led Zeppelin. That's, you know, come on. So this is like an example. The guy who played with these country guys, I get to play with chicken foot. Oh, my God. I mean, and basically this Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony from Van Halen and then Joe Satriani, one of the greatest solo guitar players ever. And I just did his last two albums going on tour of them later this year. And and then it was me. Now, Chad Smith, the drummer from the Chili Peppers, is the, the founding member with those guys. But Chad had to do his day job, you know, with uh, his band of, um, you know, which, uh, I'm spacing out their name. Anyway, Chad couldn't do it. And um, the Chili Peppers, that's it. And so Chad recommended me. I wasn't going to say Chili Peppers because you just said Chili Peppers. That's why I wasn't going to say Chili Peppers. Did I say chili peppers? You did say chili peppers. <laughs> hey, we got to go to rapid fire where we ask you quick questions, quick answers, yeah. things we couldn't fit in the show. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this will at, help you get some of the stuff out you want to get out. Right. Yeah. So what's your what's your favorite music movie? Uh, favorite uh, help or hard days night. Cool. Andrea. What's the song that you play to really jazz yourself up and get you moving? Well, there's a couple of them, but definitely like Back in Black with ACDC is one of them. I love that song. Yeah. I, used to, I used to have a black pickup truck and I played that all the time. Yeah, just, <laughs> it works. Who's a musician you haven't met that you'd like to meet that's alive? Oh, alive. Uh, alive. Damn, I've met So you everybody. met them all. So let's go to dead then. Yeah. Who would you like to meet that you didn't get to meet? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, so I, I had somebody like to meet. Oh my God, uh, that's alive. I, I feel like I've met. Well, no, you can do, you can actually say not alive right now. Oh, Jimi you, Hendrix. I thought so. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, All right, Jimi Andre. Hendrix. All right. So before you knew you wanted to be a drummer, was there something else that you wanted to grow up and be? That's a no. Not really. <laughs> I wondered. I wondered if it was just always because I knew a, drummer was from ten, but I didn't know what was before that. So, Kenny, what's a what's a book that changed your life? Oh my God, book that changed my life. Well, right now I'm reading one that's oh God, uh, changed my life. I'm reading one about Winston Churchill. So I don't know if it's going to change my life, but it's a very I'm a it's so I'm so blown away by that guy. And, and you cool. had told me that uh, the other day when we had talked, you were talking about Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. I think that was you that mentioned that as well, wasn't it? 
Kenny? No, not the Napoleon Hill. Oh, that wasn't you? Okay. Nope. Sorry about that. There's right, only, but, that was 99% of the rest of the world. That was, not- yeah, I hear it all the time. That was, and that was actually Butch Patrick, I think. That was uh, the yes. orig- uh, Eddie Munster. Eddie Munster. Yes, the Munsters <laughs> is next week, and, and he, yeah. he threw down with uh, Napoleon Hill. Yeah. So, uh, Kenny, are you ready? Yes, I am. What's a quote you live by? Well, the one I told you, one of them is, I'll never be as great as I want to be, but I'm willing to spend the rest of my life trying to be as great as I can be. That, that to me is just being like a running back in football, trying to get to, to, you know into the end zone all the time. That's a quote I came up with. There's a Winston Churchill quote, and I can't remember it exactly, but it's something like, uh, you know, um, a, a, a pessimist is somebody who something about a pessimist uh, uh, does not see the opportunity in something difficult, but an optimist sees the opportunity in anything that's difficult. Mm-hmm. That's me. That's awesome. Andrea? Um, well, uh, for sake of time, uh, Ken, if you have any other questions, I want to bring it back to you. But I do want to put this idea out there. Uh, you know, yes. you've talked about a movie and a documentary. I would love to see a musical about you. Because that way we could hear your songs and actually have other people, you know, carry your legacy on and, and, and repeat them. <laughs> so if, uh, if you are on a, an island, you can only take one album. I know this is a cliche question, but. You can name one or two. Which which mm-hmm. albums would you have to take? I'll just go in categories. Led Zeppelin and the Beatles. And I'll throw the stones in. That's good. That's pretty good. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm well, impressed Kenny, that you got an answer out of him. I've never been able to get that out of Ken. I try every couple months. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a tough one. I mean, I have a massive that's, music collection. God, but you did, you did hit three artists that if you could take all their work, you would be in good shape. Yeah, yeah I kind of cheated. I add... All their work. <laughs> yes. I, I noticed you did that. Yeah, that was that was pretty beautiful. You know, um, th- there's a trivia question in my son's book about the uh, a trivia point that the Beatles could not read music. Yeah, well, mo- most of our rock heroes can't read music. They, they didn't need to. Yeah, because they, they, they put the 10,000 hours in. Well, I mean, the thing is, I read music. What helps me is to do like the Kennedy Center honors or any of these big shows where, you know, you, you, I'm playing with like 25 iconic artists and they're changing things like right up to like an hour and a half before a 16 camera shoot and the recording and filming. I can't remember. I write, I write the tempos down. I write who has to tune the guitars. I write down who has to read a teleprompter. I write everything down. I can't memorize that much stuff. Well, Kenny, you are amazing. And like you said, we needed two hours. I think we need more like three or four. So we're going to have you back again, I'm sure. And I am, I am really interested in amplifying your goodness beyond this show in 2022 with all the amazing people you interact with. And see so if we can create a book about your Ken connections. Absolutely. Man, right, thank brother. you so much for having me on. Um, and I'll leave with one more thing to, for the listeners. Mark Twain said the two most important things in a human's life is, is the day they were born. You know this one. And the second one is why they were born and why they are here. Figure that out and then go for it. 
Well, we're going to have you for a picture at the end of the show, but this is Ken Roshan and Amplified. Thank you so much for listening to a wonderful beginning of a new year, 2022. Happy New Year, Kenny, and look forward to meeting you as soon as possible. I'm so grateful for uh, Dr. Andrea uh, bringing you into the show, but also that she's going to be meeting you soon to in- bring you into the dose of hope. So, and we want to remind people to give donations to www.thekeepsmilingmovement.com so we can continue to spread smiles all over the world. This is Ken Roshan and Amplified. We'll see you next week. Happy New Year. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Roshan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.